Welcome to Two Rivers Leadership Podcast, a conversation about leading as a team because a great team is always better than great talent. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to the Two Rivers Leadership Podcast. I'm Will Hampton. I'm the lead pastor here at Two Rivers Church. So glad that you're joining us. I'm really excited about this series as we get ready to lead together as a team. And the purpose of this podcast is to help equip you and train you so that you understand the mission, the vision, and the values of Two Rivers Church. As you understand the mission and the vision and the values, you're going to be able to help us function as a team. I believe that great teams always, 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 always trump great talent. An example of that would be in the NBA playoffs or the NBA finals. Just this past season, the Cleveland Cavaliers played the Golden State Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors had the best team in the NBA, but the Cleveland Cavaliers had the best player in the NBA. LeBron James averaged a triple-double throughout the entire series, and they still lost because a great team is always better than great talent. And so what we're going to do is we're going to help you grow. As you grow, we will grow. And we were, we're going to cover Two Rivers' vision, Two Rivers' values, and then we're going to talk about how every person fits. I'm going to give you phrases. I'm going to give you ideas for how we function. What what we're going to do is together, teamwork makes the dream work. And so as we lead together, as we grow together, we're going to see God do something amazing in our context. So let me give you a little bit of background for myself, where I come from, kind of what, uh, who it is that you're following. And then We'll talk a little bit more about this idea of teamwork making the dream work. So I am a pastor's kid. I grew up in the church. I don't even know what age I was when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. My mother and father were leading at a church in Cobleskill, New York. And I probably was four. I was probably in preschool in one of the one of the preschool classes when I accepted Christ. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit by around the age of seven. And then I felt a call to ministry probably around the age of 10 to 12, and then specifically a call into missions. And I believe that I'm a missionary here in Binghamton. So I grew up kind of watching the church, being around the church, being around all different types of Uh, ministry ideas. Missionaries would come to the house. We would sit around and we would talk about theology. We would talk about how to do church. We would talk about uh, the latest and greatest techniques. And then when I graduated from high school, I went to Central Bible College. I got a Bachelor of Arts in Missions and Bible. And so the missions degree was really designed to help us contextualize the gospel into any context, which I think is a really interesting idea for the American church because the American church has failed to contextualize the gospel for a rapidly changing context. And so 
I feel like I've been uh, really well qualified to lead in the American context as a missionary to Americans, uh, especially here in Binghamton and in the Northeast, because there's some unique challenges in our culture that we have to face that the older models of church don't address. Uh, After I graduated from CBC, I went to work at Brooklyn Teen Challenge. I was a drug and alcohol rehabilitation counselor. I lived in the original Teen Challenge facility there in Brooklyn that was started by David Wilkerson. (laughs) Did life together with the men, showered together, ate together, did everything together. Uh, I just had this dream of being with people and impacting people personally. And then from there, I went back to Springfield, Missouri, and I worked on my master's degree in organizational leadership, uh, really learning what I didn't learn at Bible college, all of the business approach, the, the, the leadership styles, the different strategies for how do we do all the things that we need to do in a million-dollar organization that really Bible college assumed we were going to be a small church and you didn't need to know all these other skills. And so I I was able to put all those things together, came on staff at a church in Springfield, Missouri, that was a very kingdom-minded church, giving to missions, radically generous, um, had had, uh, five different campuses at the time. And so I was... uh, Starting a, I started an after-school mentoring program. They brought me on part-time. I was making $1,000 a month, $12,000 a year. I was doing full-time children's ministry between doing the after-school mentoring program and doing the children's program there and grew that children's ministry. Kids were walking to church in the rain so that they could come experience the love of Jesus Christ. We took we started a bus ministry. We blew the doors off that facility and, and what we were able to do at that campus. I was hired then as the lead children's pastor, took on several staff members, and then God called us to come to Binghamton, New York to plant a church. We launched Bing- the, the Two Rivers As- Assembly back in February 24th of 2013. When we moved here, we had a dream to launch the church large. We watched as many church plants got off the ground, and they just struggled for years and years and years, and we believed that we could launch large. We were told by so many people, uh, district officials, other pastors, people in the area, that we would never be able to launch large in Binghamton, New York. It wasn't going to happen. In fact, my sectional presbyter told me if we launched with 400 people that I would be the next superintendent of the New York district which he was saying that to say, that's never going to happen. Like, come on, young fella, you're out of your mind. So I, I took that as a personal challenge. I believed that my God is able, that whatever we are facing, we can accomplish because our God is with us. And so we put, uh, we had a fantastic plan. I had been able to be connected to the association of related churches and, was being coached and mentored by Jeff Leak and by uh, some really, really talented pastors, some guys that are pastoring some mega churches, and they're just pouring into my life. And uh, we were able to launch in 
February of 2013 with over 300 people in attendance, which to my understanding is the largest church launch in the state of New York for a regular church plant in a single service, over 300 people. There's a, there's a guy named Nelson Searcy. He came from Saddleback Church. He was one of uh, Saddleback's top pastors, planted a church in New York City, and launched with somewhere around 220 people and wrote a book about how to launch a church. And we beat Nelson Searcy's launch total. The guy who wrote the book, we did a better job than that. So uh, I don't want to take complete credit for that in the sense that when we moved here to Binghamton, God told us, I'm sending you to reap where you haven't sown. So behind that, one in many ways, I feel like we are stepping into a move of God, that God had already preordained it, and God had done quite a few things in my life to line us up for what's happening right now. And you are joining that movement, not because of anything that I've done specifically, but I can probably, if I sat down with you, you'd be able to tell me tons and tons of stories of how God's been at work in your life, and we are just coming alongside of what God has already been doing and preparing in your life to, to add that together. So, so I'm telling you all of that to say uh, I, I don't believe that I know all of the answers, but I am very confident in what God has called us to do here in Binghamton. And we're going to talk about all of those systems and those structures and those strategies. And I think it's important for you to know that your leader isn't just making things up out of thin air, but that what we are doing has, is a time-tested. It's based off of data. It's based off of what I believe God's leading us to do in this region. It's based off of some very concrete strategies that we're putting in place uh, that we like to say it like this, methods there are many, principles there are few, methods always change, principles never do, so we have a strategy that's based off of some principles, so I'm going to teach you those principles, and then as we grow together in those things, the more we are of one mind, the more we are of one strategic direction, the more we're going to be able to win. So the, the other portion of this podcast is based off of a problem that I've run into. It's the problem of growth. When I first started doing leadership training, it was with a couple of guys and a couple of gals around a table on Saturday mornings at diners. We would just kind of gather together. We'd sit, sit around at a diner and I have a couple of notes that I'd write down and I'd say, here's what it takes to do ministry. Here's what it looks like for us. To, to go to the next level together and to develop. And so what, what happened was I took a, a group of really unlikely people, and then we just started meeting together and doing life together and started saying, hey, I want you to lead. And, and they started leading and doing things that they really weren't qualified to do, but they were willing to give it a shot and they were willing to be teachable. And so those teachable people are the ones that are still at it today. The teachable ones are the ones that are still functioning in leadership. And, and the problem is now that I have more people that are experiencing the desire to lead 
than I could meet with on a Saturday morning at some, you know, some diner here in town. So what we need to do is we need to turn this podcast into our moment where we are sitting at the table together talking about what leadership looks like here at Two Rivers Church. And so uh, what what I hope and what my dream is, is that we would be able to build a, a relationship and build a movement around ideas. So it's important for you to buy in to what we're doing. It's important for you to have kind of a teachable heart, a teachable spirit as we're going forward. Now, with that, I said that we were going to talk about this idea of great teams always being better than great talent. Now, I'm really committed to this. I think that we can take people who would probably be rejected at other churches. Other churches might look at certain people and say, look, there's, we're not going to use that person. They don't have the right training. They don't have the right chops. They don't have the right look. They don't have the right. And then the list can go on and on and on for ways that we would disqualify you as a leader. But I want you to know that I believe in you because I believe in what God has called us to do. And I believe in the gifting that's on my life. I believe I have an apostolic gifting It's a breakthrough anointing to help you function and serve better. And it contributes to us being able to function as a team. So let me tell you the story of why I believe in teamwork over talent. It's from when I was in Bible college, I actually made the team. I was a high school basketball player, but I was by no stretch of the means one of the best players on the court. I simply had a lot of hustle. My mom was a farm girl growing up, and my dad was a hard worker, and I kind of inherited that never quit, never die, never give up mentality. And so when I would go out and play basketball, that's the way I played. I played from whistle to whistle. And I was never really great. I, I I didn't grow up going to basketball camps or doing those other types of things. So I had to kind of catch up to other players in terms of their skill level. And and I happened to catch up in every step of the way. I was always a little bit underskilled in terms of my basketball prowess. But I was able to make the team at Central Bible College. And what, what happened at Central Bible College was the CBC team is a non-scholarship school. So they they don't give out any scholarships to the athletes at Central Bible College. So what it means is we don't get talented players at Central Bible College. What we got was players who loved the game. That was about the extent of it. We got a bunch of guys who would come together. We all loved playing basketball. All of the talent went to scholarship schools. So the guys that were were much larger, much more physically gifted, could dunk from the free throw line. These guys could just do amazing physical feats. But we would routinely beat scholarship teams. We had an an amazing program. The Central Bible College basketball program was a national championship contender. Every single year we would be in the national tournament and – we regularly won. We had a program. And so there's a couple of things that contributed to the program. 
The first thing that contributed to the program is we had a great coach. Our coach had a passion to win. He always, always, always held us accountable for everything that we were doing. He never let us slide. He pushed the culture of excellence into everything that we did. The second thing was that our coach had a great system for how we were going to run our, our plays. We ran like three plays the entire time that I was there. We never did anything different. It's just that those three plays were basically unstoppable. We just kept doing, if somebody kind of defended it one way, we kind of morphed and did it a different way. So we had a, a strategy for how we were going to play the game that was, was able to adapt on the fly and we were able to work it to perfection. And then we, we had this dedication to playing team defense. So what would happen is we would go and we would play these NAI schools or these other schools that were um, like scholarship schools. And we would go out on the court and we would play against these guys, and they would literally laugh at us as we would come out of the locker room. Like I was six foot five, maybe 190 pounds, and I was the tallest guy on our team. Like the, sh- the tallest guy on their team was normally about 6'10. Like their point guards were close to my size. We were severely undersized. There's only about 10 of us that would trot out because it was a. You know, we weren't getting paid. We didn't have scholarships, so so it was tough for guys to actually be able to be on the team. So we'd have 10 guys on the team. These guys, these other teams would have 15 players, maybe a couple of guys that were red-shirting. So it would be 15 to 18 people running around warming up. They'd be dunking and goofing off during their warm-ups, and we would be absolutely on mission, on task, focused on everything that we were going to do because we knew that we had to out-hustle this team. And so during practice, we knew we could be confident that we were going to out-hustle them and out-endure them because our time of practice, we would run hills, we would do all the stuff, we'd be throwing up in practice because coach was getting us ready for the game because he knew we had to play players that were a lot bigger than us. We were going to have to play players that were a lot more talented than us. So we had to get ready. And and we would go out, we would go out in the first half and we'd end the half up by 10 points because we'd be playing team defense, we'd be playing team offense, passing the ball, doing the right things to win. And at halftime, we would hear them in their locker room. The coach would be yelling at them. They weren't over there goofing off anymore. They weren't over there. Now they were going to come out, and they were going to show us. They were going to teach us what it was really going to be like. And you, We just knew it. Every, every single time that we came back out of the half, the other team was like, now we're going to take these guys seriously. They didn't take us seriously in the first half. Now they're taking us seriously because they're, they're worried because we were supposed to be the team that they were going to beat up on. We were the puff team in their schedule that we're going to ruin their entire season if they lose to us because they can't lose to the non-scholarship team and have a good, good year. It's just not, they'll just lose every opportunity in the rankings. So now they're dead serious. They come out and they run at us, but what they every single team did was they'd have one or two players that thought they were the superstars. They had one or two players that thought they were amazing. 
And what those, those quote-unquote amazing players would do was try to take over the game, which made the game so much easier for us because I don't care how good you are, you're not going to beat five guys by yourself. It's not going to happen. So, so these one or two guys would try to take over. They start hogging the ball. Then the other guys would start getting frustrated. They start yelling at each other. Their whole team would fall apart because they did not understand how to play together as a team. So here it is, Central Bible College, a small school without scholarship athletes, without the talent, without all of the physical giftings, was routinely beating schools that we had no business beating. And that's what my dream is for Two Rivers Church. My dream is that we're going to take people like you and me who don't have all of the talent, that don't have all of the skills, that don't have all of the background, don't have all of the special training, but we're going to function together. We're going to out-hustle the other teams. We're going to do things the right way. We're not going to say, I'm a superstar and try to do it all by myself. We're all going to work together because we have a good coach. We have a good system. And you're going to maintain a good culture here at Two Rivers. So the rest of these podcasts are all going to be about all of those other things. But I want you to know that I believe in you. I'm excited to see what God's going to do through your life as you are leading here at Two Rivers Church. And I can't wait to see what we are able to accomplish when we work together as a team. You're going to hear it all the time. We say it over and over again. Teamwork makes the dream work because a great team is always better than a great talent. God bless you. I look forward to the next several podcasts with you. Hey, Sue, I'm so glad that you tuned in and listened to this podcast. If you have any questions or any comments, I would love to hear from you and get any feedback that you might have or, or uh, comments that you might add to this discussion, you could email pastor at tworiversassembly.com. That's T-W-O, riversassembly.com. And, and just share with me what your thoughts are, maybe something that I talked about that you, you might be confused by or something that you want some clarification. Or maybe you, you want to challenge some of the ideas that we've presented and I'd love to be able to kind of sit down with you and talk through those things and, and hear what this impact is making in your life. God bless you. Have a great week.